Has living with type 1 diabetes ever helped you spark passion in yourself and helped you find something that you really love? Whether it's a career path, a hobby, or just a new community of people. And if it hasn't, is that something you're looking for? If you're curious about how to make this a reality for yourself, this episode is for you. On this episode, I'm talking to Mandy, a nurse practitioner who found her passion because she was diagnosed with diabetes. I hope that listening to Mandy's story will give you the hope and inspiration you need to think about how you can find passion from your life with diabetes and maybe even see the positives that diabetes has given you or can give you rather than always seeing diabetes as something that takes things away from you. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. This episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast is brought to you by the Get Unstuck with Type 1 Diabetes program. This six-week digital program will take you from feeling stuck with diabetes to feeling free, flexible, and confident in your life with type 1 diabetes. This program will give you all the tools you need to live life with type 1 diabetes on your own terms. Be sure to act now. This program will only be available until June the 1st. After that, it won't be available again until later in 2021. To sign up or for more information, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash program. That's thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash program. And be sure to use discount code Dr. Mark for $100 off your enrollment fee. That's discount code Dr. Mark, D-R-M-A-R-K. Be sure to act now if you want access to this program at this special price before it goes away. Get excited. This program is going to change your life. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. If you give yourself the opportunity, I'm confident that you'll be able to find passion and meaning that you would never have found without your diabetes diagnosis. I've met people that I would have never met if I had never been diagnosed with diabetes, and I've also found work that I really love. As I often say, I would give diabetes back in a heartbeat. I don't want diabetes, and if I could give it away and have to find a new career, no problem at all. That is something I would happily do. But since that's not a possibility, I have to be thankful for the passion that I've found in my life with diabetes and the work that I do. And I'm not the only one who's found this, not by a long shot. Whether you found a job where you work in the diabetes world, or whether diabetes has just given you the inspiration to find the passion you're looking for outside of diabetes, all of those are awesome things. These are some great ways to find those bright spots in the darkness that diabetes can feel like sometimes. And I hope that all of you listening have found some sort of passion or inspiration that has sprung from diabetes in some way. My guest on today's episode of the podcast certainly has. My guest today is Mandy Franklin. Mandy was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when she was three years old, and she's now a nurse practitioner working with kids in Florida. Mandy's diagnosis inspired her to go into nursing. 
And even though her work is not focused on diabetes, diabetes certainly impacts the way that she has her job and the empathy and compassion she can show towards her patient. I think Mandy's story is inspiring. And I think we can learn a lot from her about how to take a diabetes diagnosis and turn it into a passion. And where you can leave work every day knowing you made a difference no matter how challenging the day was, both for yourself with diabetes and for the people you're working with. For any of my listeners with type 1 thinking about going into medicine or just looking for some inspiration, this episode is for you. Here's my conversation with Mandy. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So I want to start off by having you tell us a little bit about your life with diabetes, your diagnosis story when you were diagnosed, anything else you want to share with us about uh, your life with diabetes? Sure. So um, I was diagnosed at the age of three. I actually was spending the weekend with my aunt and uncle while um, my parents were vacationing in the Caribbean. And my um, aunt said that I was just climbing on top of the bathroom sink. I couldn't get enough water and she knew something was wrong. So she got in touch with my parents. I honestly have no idea how she got in touch with them because there were no cell phones. Um, But she got in touch with them and she said, you guys have to come home. There's something wrong. She can't quench her thirst. So my parents flew home, emergency flight home, took me to the hospital and I was diagnosed in the emergency room. Um, Sinai Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and I was admitted. Um, I don't believe I had an ICU stay, but I was admitted for a few days. Um, my parents knew nothing about type 1 diabetes. There's actually no family history at all. Um, my dad was a pharmacist, so he did have a little bit of knowledge, but not much. So um, yeah, I was, you know, I was diagnosed at three. It changed our lives. But um, for me, it's all I've ever known because I was diagnosed so young. So, you know, that's kind of where I am today. Do you remember being diagnosed at three? It's interesting. I remember bits and pieces. I, I remember for some reason, vividly having like the IV in my arm and I kept bending it so it would occlude and beep. And I guess I was just trying to be a pain in the butt to the staff and the (laughs) nurses, but that's like pretty much all I remember. I mean, I remember, um, I remember being at my aunt's house when I was younger. I don't know if I remember specifically that time, but um, I mean, bits and pieces for sure. And I I don't know if if it's more so it's like the stories that people have told me or if it's truly, I remember, you know, those parts, but bits and pieces. Do you remember when you were diagnosed and, and soon thereafter, the types of messages you got from your parents and your doctors about what life would be like with diabetes for you? My parents always had the mindset of they didn't want me to be treated differently. If I wanted to go to the birthday party and eat the cupcake, I would eat the cupcake. They would dose appropriate appropriately for me. And doctors, um, you know, I, I do remember some of those appointments just because they were so long and you get, you know, either every three months, you're there all day, you meet with the doctor, the nutritionist, kind of, you know, it's like a whole day event. Um, But yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff has changed from then, you know, there were, you know, strict 
carbohydrate counting and, you know, the, the, um, you know, the carb choices and it, it's a lot different from now, um, as, as far as how I manage my diabetes, but, um, yeah, I, I, they kind of, you know, my parents obviously took the advice of my doctors, but they still, they parented in their own way. They wanted me to live a fulfilling life and, you know, be able to do what all the other kids did. I think it's always so interesting to hear people's diagnosis story and also the messages that they got from their family and the doctors at diagnosis, because I really believe that that shapes our relationship with diabetes and how we see ourselves and what we feel like we're able to do. You know, so I was 21 when I was diagnosed, so different age than you, but right. my doctor was very empowering. And she said, diabetes isn't going to stop you from doing anything. And I talk to people all the time who have had very different experiences where they were told some pretty scary things. And that has set them up for some pretty big challenges over the years. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I think it's so important to find a provider as an adult, you know, or even a parent with their child that you can have a good rapport with and that they are empowering um, because there are a lot of providers out there that whether they're burnt out or they're, you know, kind of got the old school mentality of how to treat diabetes. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there were definitely times where I would leave as a child endocrinologist office and be sad. And that's not fair to a child. Um, you know, it's, it's not their fault that they have diabetes and you're supposed to be a guiding hand in this and, you know, give them the resources that they need, not, you know, um, I don't know, not bash them for how they're controlling their diabetes or get down on them because their A1C was higher than it was the time before. That's a nice segue into our conversation today about you and your career. So you're a nurse practitioner right now. And I want to talk yeah. to you about how you came to that point and how diabetes played a role in your career choices and where you are today. Yeah. So I think a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, how I was when I was younger, as far as needing to see the endocrinologist every three months. And I had good experiences and I had bad experiences. And I used, you know, both of those different experiences to kind of shape my career and just, you know, decide what I wanted to be um, as I went through college and grad school. I knew I wanted to help others. I knew that it was a perfect opportunity for me to be an advocate for not only patients with diabetes, but for anybody with a chronic illness, um, because I've been a patient before. So I know what it feels like. And it's, it's sometimes easy for you to just write off and say, oh, you know, they'll figure it out. They'll get over it or whatever. But you know, you have to put yourself in that patient or that family's position and kind of realize how you would feel in that position that, you know, you, you need someone to be an advocate for you sometimes. Do you remember the point in your life when you decide you want to become a nurse? You know, it's interesting. I've always wanted to be in the healthcare field. I, there's pictures of me from when I was like six or seven performing medical exams on my cat. Um, so, you know, I had the full surgical mask, the gloves, everything. Um, so I think I've always wanted to be in the healthcare field. Like I said before, my dad was a pharmacist, so he always would kind of challenge us and talk to us about, you know, the body and, you know, different medications and things like that. So, um, I think it's, you know, it stemmed from me being a child and again, my diagnosis at such a young age and having to be, 
seen by medical staff frequently every three months for your appointments and the hospital stay. Tell us a little bit about your job right now. What do you do and who are you seeing in your clinical work? Yeah, so um, I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. So ages zero through 18 to maybe 21. <laughs> and, um, you know, those, those stragglers that can't quite find an adult doctor yet. And that's okay. Um, a little bit of everything. I go to the hospital, I see newborns, um, you know, chronic illness, acute illnesses, your typical ear infections, strep throat, ADHD, anxiety, depression, kind of everything. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I, I love what I do. I definitely, I, I, I can leave each day, even if it was a hard day saying I chose the right profession. And how does your experience with diabetes impact your work on a daily basis, both for you and your diabetes management, as well as for your interactions and education and empathy with your patients? Yes, I I definitely feel that having type 1 diabetes or a chronic illness in general can help shape the care that I provide to my patients. Um, you know, take asthma, for example, that's a chronic illness. These patients sometimes have a difficult time getting their medications covered. And I know firsthand experience how hard it is to get certain medications covered. And if I have to fight for that prior authorization for them, I will. Um, so that definitely shaped the provider that I am today. And um, as far as like obstacles go, you know, I would say that there really aren't any obstacles with my type 1 diabetes. Yes, there's been times where working in the hospital, I remember I was, you know, about to go into a code and my blood sugar was low. So I'm standing at the bedside door and I'm screaming to one of my nurse friends, like, grab me a juice. So she's <laughs> like feeding me a juice and then I'm like running in. But, you know, I mean, it, it happens, but it, you, you roll with the punches. Yeah, I... I've had more lows when in my work than I want to admit. And it can always be a learning experience, both for me as well as for the person that you're working with, because to be able to see that their psychologist or the nurse practitioner <laughs> is human and has the same challenges right. that they do, I can be it, it, it can help to build, build that relationship and make it more, more effective. I agree. One thing I'm curious to talk to you about, because I've been thinking a little bit about this recently, is the challenges of transition of care between pediatric and adult for for diabetes. And I mean, I certainly you went through that process uh, several years ago, or maybe more than several years ago. And, but, the, but, the, but that is a challenge that the people with diabetes experience. And you're, you see that in your work, not with diabetes, but just with young adults transitioning from pediatric to adult care. And I wonder if you have any thoughts about what are the big challenges that people have and how do those relate to diabetes and how can we support uh, young adults who are transitioning out of pediatric care, especially with diabetes, but also in general? It, that's a really, that's a hard question and a very difficult topic because, you know, at least in the, the world that I'm in right now, not necessarily related to diabetes, um, it's almost like two separate entities where, you know, you have your pediatrics, and then, oh, you hit 18, you're an adult now. And, you know, I always tell my patients, look, college is a difficult time. I'm not going to kick you out and say, you're on your own. I would absolutely see you till, you know, you've graduated from college and you're on your feet and you can take the time to find a provider. Um, 
And, you know, I, I, I'm assuming the same goes, you know, for the diabetes world. When I switched from an under, my pediatric endocrinologist to an adult endocrinologist, um, I was so lucky to find a, a, an amazing adult endocrinologist who really was the one that helped me gain such wonderful control of my diabetes because I just felt like I wasn't getting what I needed from my pediatric endocrinologist, unfortunately. Um, but I think it would be really awesome. And I don't know, something in the future, maybe something we could work on, but, you know, finding something to bridge that gap from, you know, that pediatric diabetes world to the adult world for a practice that, you know, is all inclusive, you have your pediatric patients, and then there's an adult provider. So you can just stay in the same practice and go right to those, that adult world. Um, because it's hard. And especially, you know, I'm, I'm in Florida, there are not that many pediatric endocrinologists. And when I moved here, there's not that many adult endocrinologists either. So it's, it's a difficult battle. And I don't, I don't really know what the right answer is, to be honest. Yeah. And I think it's a challenge that we're, we all face at some point, yeah. and especially with CGM technology and how, and being able to follow people and having parent involvement, it can be a complicated and individual transition and everyone does it differently. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause there's not one right way to do it. And I think you're exactly, it, it's difficult because everyone may not be on the same page and that's okay, but you just need to find that happy medium transitioning over to the adult world. Yeah. And that's a whole nother podcast episode that we can do at some point. I agree. <laughs> I know a lot of my listeners who are thinking about their careers right now are thinking about going into healthcare and specifically nursing. And I would be curious what sort of advice you would give someone with diabetes who's thinking about going into nursing around what to expect, what the challenges are and how to best get there and know that it's right for them. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds cliche, but the world is your oyster. Um, you are in a position to be the best advocate for your patients, whether they're diabetic or not. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm sure I'm not the only diabetic who has had poor experience with their care team before. So, you know, we, we, and good care. So either way we learn from that and it can shape the um, professional that we become. What sorts of landmines should people with diabetes be aware of as they're going into nursing? Things like burnout because they're both dealing with patients who are very sick and also dealing with their own chronic condition or challenges of dealing with their own diabetes management while in a fast paced environment. Uh, anything that any advice or any thoughts about that? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, burnout's real, whether you're in a, you know, healthcare profession or not, um, you're still dealing with your professional life as well as your diabetes, which takes up a large part of your life and your time. So finding something that you enjoy doing for pleasure, whether it's reading, whether it's art, whether it's exercise, I think it's so important to find um, your outlet and something that you can do, um, you know, not if it's not every day, multiple times a week, just to kind of clear your head um, and keep you grounded. I think that that's huge for anybody. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, 
like I talked about earlier, you will have those lows, you will have those highs during your shift as a healthcare provider. Um, and thank goodness for technology and the CGM. I didn't have a CGM when this happened, um, but it's, you start to learn your patterns. And I did nights for a while, which wasn't the greatest for my blood sugars. So, you know, you have to, um, I think it's important to normalize that if it's not working for your diabetes, because your health care should be, your health should be number one, you have to do something to change it. So if your schedule doesn't work, you can talk to the office manager or your nursing manager or whoever to work out what's going to be best for your, um, your diabetes in your life. I agree. And I think that when people ask me that question around what are the landmines and the advice that I give people who want to become mental health professionals, it takes a special type person to do the type of work. Not that I'm special in any way, but I'm able to separate my life with diabetes with my life. I can go home to my wife and daughter who don't have diabetes. We don't talk about diabetes. And so my work and my diabetes are certainly a big part of my life, but I have things that, that separate me from that and they don't consume me at home. And I would say that people have challenges doing that, then going into the mental health field, the focus on diabetes is probably not the best option for you. Right, right. Then you're constantly, you know, immersed in it. Yes. And it's really hard to help somebody where you're struggling at the same time. It's it's much, it's some of the best helpers are those who have gone through it and have come out the other side. But if you're in the muck right now, it can be really hard to be there with other people because you're not dealing with your own stuff. Absolutely. As we finish up today, I want to ask you the same question I ask everyone who comes on this podcast. And that's what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten about how to deal with the emotional challenges of living with type one? Second question. Um, uh, the biggest thing for me is that your numbers don't define who you are. Um, I did a clinical with a wonderful pediatric um, diabetes nurse practitioner. Her name's Melinda. Um, she, I, I did one of my diabetes rotations with her when I was becoming a nurse practitioner. And going into the clinical, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm diabetic. I got this. I know how to do this. Like, what could I learn? And um, being overly confident, I was smacked in the face with a boatload of knowledge and um, the way she treated her patients and the things that she said really stuck with me. Um, And, you know, it's important to know that your numbers don't define you and um, your numbers are very personal. So, you know, who you share your data with. Um, whether it's your significant other or your family member, your mom, your dad, um, you have to have that conversation with them. If you are sharing data with them, um, don't, don't judge me for that. Instead, kind of, you know, you have to have that conversation of how do you want that person to respond to you when they see that your number is going up or it's down? Do you want me to call you and say, hey, are you okay? Do you want me to say, hey, did you take insulin? Or how do you want me to respond? Um, and that's something that she, you know, would tell a lot of her adolescent patients and that stuck with me. I think that that's important. Yeah. I think that what you bring up is a super helpful thing to think about and that's boundaries. Boundaries are important in every relationship and they're especially important in diabetes, both in your relationship with other people in diabetes, as well as your relationship with yourself and your own diabetes. 
and what boundaries yeah. you put into place there. And I think that you gave a great example of what that looks like. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's, um, I think it's very important for you to stay sane and to maintain healthy relationships. Mandy, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time and talking about your story. It's great to hear it. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on today. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, follow the podcast, and also leave a five-star rating and review. That helps me get the word out to other type ones who could really benefit from this podcast. Also, I always love hearing from my listeners, so please send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram at thediabetespsychologist. I love hearing your questions, your comments, and your feedback about this podcast. And finally, be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast. I'm planning something a little bit different. The podcast episode will be a Q&A where I'll answer some of the questions that you've sent me over the past couple months, so be sure to tune in. And remember, type 1 diabetes isn't easy, but you can have an easier time with it. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Thank you.